dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. You're listening to Podcast Winterfell. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Podcast Winterfell. We're here with the Fan Colin Show live coming at you. It's 9.30 on Monday, East Coast time. And we got a few people in the chat. I know we have a couple shows going on in other various internet sources and people are wrapping up. We hope to welcome you over if you're coming over after that. And if you guys are not aware, we do this every week for the run of the show. Hopefully maybe one or two after the show is over and we'll be going strong. We got, what do we got? Five episodes left. That's kind of depressing. Uh, it used to be the halfway point of five episodes, but now it seems it's like almost, I guess, one-third. That sucks. All right. Well, this episode is called uh, Stormborn. Yes, Season 7, Episode 2, Stormborn. And we got a lot of cool stuff. My personal rating, I gave it a 6, teetering on hitting 7. I don't do decimals, so I give it a solid rating. So 6, it stays. Um, mainly the low rating because, the, sorry if everybody liked this scene, but the Grey Worm stuff killed me. I was like, oh my goodness. I was, I'm so uninvested in their relationship that it's, it's kind of annoying. And that scene was so dragged out and unnecessary. If they were going to at least give us that scene, like show us what Unsullied looks like. They could have like spent money on some effects, on some makeup and done some cool shit and showed us how Unsullied's function because I've always wondered how Unsullied pees and things like that. But that really killed it for me. Um, there was a few other dragged out moments, but overall, I liked the connections they were building. The establishing a Dragonstone was awesome. I think they could have completely done away with last week and just included a beach scene shot leading up to Dragonstone and just went right into that dialogue that they had. You know, logistics of the dialogue were kind of ridiculous because I thought maybe they could have threw in, uh, you know, that conversation on the boat. But I understand why they didn't because we didn't get much time on the boat. But I mean, you're on the sea for, you know, I know it's narrow sea, but they were on the sea for some time. They could have had a conversation like that. But that conversation was absolutely needed and varies played it close to the vest and he kind of played on her emotions and what she's after so it was it, it was i don't know if i believe them and he sold me really well on his on uh, on his point of view like i don't know if he's really gonna stick with her the whole way if he truly believes or if he's just hedging his bets like he usually does and always comes out alive and on top so uh, Varys is still one of my favorite characters, so I love that whole scene. Uh, the John getting a raven from Danny, uh, you know, it was kind of weird that Tyrion sent it and didn't write anything about bending the knee because I feel like that would be like a big deal breaker for me if I was gonna go or not, uh, or just send you know an emissary like go ahead, you could be the you know uh, <clears throat> the discussion deal maker. You send somebody you care, you know, even send Sansa. If he had enough trust in her to run Winterfell and run the North, then maybe she could 
be a deal, you know, negotiator. But that's all, you know, little nitpicky stuff. Um, I love the Jorah stuff. It was so disgusting, but I loved it. It was, uh, uh, it just needed to feel how much pain that that grayscale causes. I needed to, to feel that and see that. And the cuts in editing, oh my gosh, they blew me away. Like, the one scene leaving, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but leading out of the uh, the scene with the grayscale when it was all gooey, went right into somebody eating. I mean, that that was incredible. And then the scene with Grey Worm and Missande, the maesters kind of going into a phallic-looking books, the way they're bent, and he sticks his fingers in there to grab the book. It kind of went with the sex scene. It was just a lot of good cuts editing into the next scene. And I, to me, I always appreciate those the most. Um, but it still sits at a six because my expectations for Game of Thrones are super high. And I always want as high quality and as much excitement as I can get. But I keep my ratings on a Game of Thrones scale because there's so much room for improvement and there's so much headroom to get to a 10 that it stays at a 6. So right now, I'm going to bring in Shadowcat on the chat and uh, we'll hear what Shadowcat has to say about the episode. Shadowcat, are you there? I am here. Alright, welcome on. You're the first guest Thank of you. week 2. So what's your rating? Thank you. Uh... I think I'm going to give it a seven. A seven? All right. That's solid. Kind of, yeah. It, it's, uh, I'm like you. It's like I, I have such high expectations. Um, I think what, what killed me in this episode was uh, I'm, I'm getting a little over Amelia Clark's acting. I'm, a, I'm not a fan of show Danny by any stretch of the imagination. So, and yeah, you brought up, like, it was a very important conversation that her and Barris had to have, but the timing was just very awkward for me, and uh, I just don't, I don't really think she has the chops to pull off the whole thing, but, you know, other than that, like, I, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. The Grey Worm, the Sunday stuff, like, in the past had really bothered me, but for some reason, this time, it didn't because it actually led to somewhere. You know, their uh, teetering emotional connection had its, no pun intended, climactic uh, apex, so to speak. So, that that was cool, I, and, and that's one thing that I thought was they did really well in the first episode of the series was just really like everyone's interpersonal relationships and, you know, really strong character development. I think like so far they've been doing outstanding this season. So, yeah, and we got, got rid of a couple of fan states. So, well, that was a big deal. Um, I kind of took me completely away from my guess. I thought it was going to be Tyrion, but that was, you know, it was surprising to me. It was just, it was crazy how easy they went down. It was, that was just so overpowered. That was a really good scene. Yeah, no, I I thought overall like that the battle scene on the boat was was actually pretty good. I'm like I'm really enjoying Euron. Euron's great. Yeah, he's come like, through really they, they strong. They really stepped him up this season. 
Right, and so then, uh, yeah, and then Nymeria reunion. <sighs> it was, you know, a little disappointing that, you know, they they didn't, the bond wasn't there. Nymeria didn't fully reunite with Arya and I, and I understand the point. You know, Nymeria is a wild animal. She's chosen her path, like the very, like that callback, like, oh, it's not you. The season one, the callback to season one when Arya is, is like, well, that's not me. When Ned was telling her, you'll marry and you'll have princes and you'll live in a castle. And she's like, uh, no. So I, I understand that, but it was just like, that I didn't really see much of a point with the Nymeria reunion. I agree. I didn't see much of a point either. Yeah. Like, what? Why would they have brought that in there at this time? There's so much, so many. It's so close to the end. What is going to be the point of that? What do right. you think? Well, one thing is they could, you know, this could be foreshadow, foreshadowing Nymeria coming back at some point. You know, maybe Nymeria does come save the day at like some dire moment. No, no pun intended again. You know, like, you know, if, if Arya is in serious trouble. Um, and it, it was a little bit of fan service, which is fine. I don't mind fan service, but it just seemed, it seemed a little, it, it, it has potential problems overall, I think. Yeah, I do too. Because now that they introduced Nymeria leading a pack of wolves, that means now they have more wolves to bring in if something's going to happen. Because now I, don't, I wouldn't see Nymeria running in to save the day by herself. No. It, yeah, so like it does, right, you're right. It adds more, uh, I guess, pro like problems to make it look good and feel authentic. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a huge nod to the books. And I know you're not a book reader, so, you know, like there, there is potential, but I, I just don't see... I just don't see them taking the time for it. All right, so, so. I have another, another question about Nymeria. Nymeria is obviously the female of the dire wolves. Do you think Nymeria, uh -huh. are those her children, that pack? No, I think those are normal wolves, and just because she's so big and strong, and she's just the alpha in that situation. Okay. Oh, she's just could the be. alpha, and they're just following her. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I could buy it. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know who would have been a, a suitable father, but if there's no more dire wolves really around, it would have to be a regular wolf, which would make them a little smaller, I'm imagining. So, I I, I don't know. I'm not sure if they would be the family. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I, yeah, I just, I just feel like that she's the alpha of that pack. But I also, I mean, have you, I don't know if we should talk about anything from, like, the trailers, but... There was a, you know, that speech that Sansa gives who we don't, who, to whom we don't know about, you know, the lone wolf dies alone, but the pack runs strong. So, I mean, I definitely feel like that's going to be a conversation that she has with Arya at some point. And maybe there's a little bit like that Arya sees that Nymeria is with a pack and she's strong, that maybe somewhere along the line they'll connect Arya's development with that. All right. You just hit a big nail on the head that I think makes the most sense. I like that a lot yeah. because that would... Yeah, I, 
No, that's good. I, that's I, the only thing that I can really think of, like, you know, if they, if they actually, like, call back to it at any point. It's so. a maybe, like, a scene where Ari's just thinking about the pack mentality instead of having to see the whole pack again, and this was the last yeah. we'll see in Imeria. I would, I would like that a lot more than having wolves come out and, you know, start chomping on people, because I just don't see that happening. They didn't have that strong of a I, bond for that much time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's good. I mean, if it happens, maybe next season, you know, when they're, you know, when everybody's fighting to the death, like, against the White Walkers, then may, maybe that would be okay to have a huge pack of wolves at some point. But, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of fan service. It was a little bit of a book nod, but it, it just seemed kind of wasted. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I get that because I know a lot of people who are book readers always talk so fondly about the direwolves. So I know you you guys love that stuff. So uh, I'm glad if it was for fan service that you guys got it. And you know, also I hope it does play out to mean something. All right. It's cool thoughts are there. You got anything? What do you else you got on the episode? Um. Well, I I'm as far as. I guess, like, you know, the big thing about, like, John going to Dragonstone and what all the potential implications of that visit, um, you know, the fact that, you know, Danny is like, oh, yeah, write him and tell him to come dim to me. It's like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I can't but see I, John bending the I think he's so... Well, you know... I, I, I think he's going to go up there and be like, hey, I'll work with you. But, you know, we're we're our own thing and sorry. And there's bigger fish to fry at this point. But the way they, they're establishing and, Danny, she's so stubborn. You think that, that this would be something she'll accept? Uh, I, I think at some point, I, I do think he's going to be successful in like whatever he, whatever conversation he has with her. I just, I just feel like it's an alliance that's actually, that is going to form and that it, it's not him going down. There's not going to be a wasted mission. All right. Do you think, I, Again, I feel like because, this could be a possible trick by Tyrion to try to maybe marry them off. They, I, what do you think about that? Um, Not a I, trick, you know, but he, you know, like, his way to lure like, her in. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, I, I'm sure when it, when he gets down there, unless, you know, Raven comes down and says, oh, by the way, that's your nephew. Um, <laughs> has a better claim to the throne than you do. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be thrown out there, but again, I don't think it's I think, like, they have too many things to do to, like, really be worrying about marrying off Danny or John. Um, I, I, I just... I guess it's because I don't, I don't want it to happen because she's his aunt. It, and it's just like, ugh. I mean, we've and, seen and incest on the show. We, we know that Targaryens are... are like accepting of it, so I'm not, you know, and yeah, nobody well, would know really. There's a small percentage, so yeah, it's no kinda... one would know. But and maybe, maybe there will be like some weird connection between the two of them, and then he gets back 
up north, and yeah, I'm assuming Brand's going to be at Wintersell pretty soon. And I'm assuming that Brand's going to be the one that, you know, drops the knowledge that, oh, by the way, right, you're yeah. not Ned's kid, you're Liana's kid. And, you know, so hopefully, I just, I, I, I feel like even at some point, like, yes, incest is very much part of, you know, it's, it's a trope that, you know, George has been using in the books, but I, I think it would be a step too far to, like, see, like, our two main heroes of the story go down that road. Because it's one of those things that, like, it sets Cersei and Jamie apart from everybody. It's like, oh, these are bad people. And, and we knew that from, like, the very beginning of the show when Bran saw them. So I, I just don't think it's something that will come to pass with John and Danny because they're, they're good. Yeah, well, that's what they're leading to believe, you know, that they're more the people. And, she, you know, she says that thing with uh, with Varys, where, you know, that keep me in check, you know, if you really do believe in me. So they yeah. do play the good role. Um yeah, it's hard to say. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna bring in. We got another caller. It just uh, says New York, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on mute. We'll bring him in, and if you stick around, we'll bring you in later, and we'll talk some more. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Shadowcat. All right. We got a new caller from New York. Let's see who it is. Hey, how you doing, New York? Hey. Hey. Hi. I. Oh, just finished another call, so I didn't hear what was discussed already. So I just had a few comments All right, well, we, from well, this week's episode. I gave my review so far. I gave it a six. We had Shadowcat on. She gave it a seven. Uh, we just hit a couple little topics, nothing heavy. Uh, give us your rating and just let us know anything you got to say about the episode. Because we just kind of started the call. We've only had one caller on so far. You're number two. And, uh, you know, after you're done... We'll either bring in a new caller uh, or we'll just start around Robin and have everybody bring up a topic. Uh, I really like this episode, actually. Um, I think I guess I'd give it a seven. It was, um, I was not expecting the battle scene at the end. which It was short, but nice. Um, and the, a couple of things I just thought about was like Jorah and the grayscale. I was wondering how it will be different from the book, and I think that in the TV show, they're really just using it to bring Jorah together with Sam so he could be sent up with to Barrack Hound and Thoris and Gendry, John and all the rest to be part of the 12 Companions. Um, it's like the long night. Um, and the whole time, it's getting... It seems like they're moving really fast-paced, and I keep on thinking... It, and wondering when is Helen Reed gonna actually come onto the show, or if he ever will. Yeah, um, I've been curious about that too, and I, I feel like it's gonna be definitely this season. It'll be like a some kind of half episode that's like backstory. Then we got it, you know, some like cut to him, and you know, a pan up, and then we'll see like the current state. I, I really do want to see that because you know that that as being a non-book reader. That definitely made me thirsty for more of that Helen Reed story and that backstory with Liana. Yeah, I mean, they even mentioned this last episode when um, 
um, Brand came to the wall and, and she was like, well, this is Holland Reed's daughter. I'm like, okay, but who knows Holland Reed? Has anyone ever seen him over the past 15 years? Like, where is he? Right, he's just a big so, legend. Yeah, and like, um, uh, one of the things that also struck me was Carrion's plan with the um, Dorn and um, the Greyjoys, it was a total fail. And so was this kind of Marine. And like the Blackwater, he had to be saved by his dad and the Tyrells. Um, I like Tyrion a lot, but he's not very good at strategy or wow. war, it seems. Like he gets a lot more credit than actually he's able to pan out. Yeah, I never really um, put those together. That's smart. That, 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 yeah, right. He, he kind of did blow them all. Yeah, every single last one didn't work. Now, what's going to happen? And uh, what's going to happen to the the Dornish army, or the I mean the uh, yeah like the uh, Tyrell army? Like they're just going to go in on one side and sit there? Like are they going to draw them out for a battle and get killed? You know, and that now that whole side of of King's Landing where they're covering is going to be just them. They will have no opposite side distraction from the Greyjoys. So it's going to be tricky. Yeah. That's what I was wondering, too. I was wondering if, um, I forgot his name, um, Sam's father, if he's going to end up deciding the side of the Tyrells, maybe, to even it out, or is he going to really side with Cersei? Or, I don't know, because it does seem like now it's basically just the Tyrells in King's Landing, and then taking out Cassidy Rock with the Unsullied, and who knows what's happening with the Dothraki. Right, yeah, they didn't mention anything about the Dothraki. Are they riding with the Unsullied? Is that what was to assume? Or are they staying in maybe Dragonstone to protect Danny? What do you think? I don't know. We don't, yeah. Um, maybe staying with Danny, she needs somebody with her. And we don't know what she and her dragons are doing. They didn't mention that either. Yeah, where, where are they? Did they land? Did they... It's just perch up on the ship. Did they fly over? They, yeah, we we didn't get a check in with them. We just got how to kill them, which I thought was fantastic. What do you think about that scene? Uh, I liked it a lot. I was just uh, yeah, I was just wondering how I, like because it just seemed like something that it's mobile. It's, it's not. It is mobile, but it seems like it'll take a lot to move it around and the dragon fly fast, it would take some maneuvering, maybe sacrificing some armies, you know, having them be the target of the dragon, so they're not focused that you have this um, huge bolt um, arrow throw Right, yeah, like, and that's not their and, way. That's not beneath the Lannisters at all to sacrifice people or... Oh, get... yeah. Alright, that's cool. Very good, yeah. yeah. What'd you think yeah, about... What did you think about John, the the invite to uh to Dragonstone? Do you, do you think that John would have went if he knew that if Tyrion wrote that you're gonna have to bend the knee in his letter? What do you why do you think Tyrion left that out? Uh, I think I think it's kind of implied, like when and Davos said that they mentioned the Dothraki and Sullied and dragons that. You're coming. She has the upper hand, so you're basically going to do what she wants. Um, I 
you know, that's just an he's he was being nice and charming, but like Davos said, you kinda know what the underlying message is. Um but I think I was glad that he did go and I, I was glad that the whole Sansa John thing resolved itself with John just turning over control to Sansa because I did not want them to start fighting amongst themselves and it seemed like it was going to head down that direction if John didn't just decide to put the battle um, with the walkers ahead of things and try to get help for that. Um, yes, so I was, I was really direction. glad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was actually kind of annoying me, the whole Sansa-John thing. And even the discussion Sansa had about Cersei with John. I thought, you know, John, Ned, Rob, they all knew that you could portray people to win. I mean, everyone knows about Tywin and the Reigns of Castamere. That's not the question about, you know, whether they would even think of guile as a tactic. I think everyone knows that's a tactic to use. It goes back to what kind of person you are and how do you want to lead. And so they all decided to take the risk of leading in a way they thought was right, as opposed to, you know, using Gal to win at any means, but still having to face the consequences later on. Cause, like, time was still dead, even though he did all of that. Cersei's still going to die. You know, everyone who used Gal is going to end up dead eventually. Uh, it's just a combination of luck um, and then having surprise. You use Gal to have to be able to get the surprise, but if you don't kill everyone then someone's going to come back for you, just like Arya did with the um, phrase, which I love. So, so you so, think she um, should listen to Olena? I do think she should listen. I mean, at the end of the day, you have a choice. You're either going to kill everyone like Tywin did with the raids of Castamere, or you're going to have to forgive and use, um, you know, use forgiveness and mercy to have them bend to me and pledge themselves to you. You can't, leave people alive, but still count them as your enemies, that doesn't work. I I tend to agree with you. And the way this show is based and led us to, you know, believe everything so far that violence is pretty much the main way they choose to go when they write and they just, you know, make episodes and they write a story. So heavy violence and twists are always at the forefront of my brain. So I think that the violence part was, you know, and the destruction part is, is way more probable than the love and happy ending that some people kind of wish or think is going to happen at the end. And now they keep talking about ashes. She does, you know, Tyrion said, you don't want to rule the city of ashes. And then she, she brought it up again in front of her council. What do you think? Do you think that maybe the vision, she's just going to have it burnt down the rest of it, you know, uh, with the dragons, just send them in maybe to help out the Tyrell army? Or you think that she's going to give up on King's Landing and just move on? Um, I'm not sure. I don't see Danny as a person to give up on anything. <laughs> so unless there's a really good reason to convince her otherwise, um, and she's not going to look like she's giving up. But I don't think it really matters. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be ashes regardless. I mean, the White Walkers, I'm assuming they're going to be coming into Westeros down past the wall. And you do have, you know, starvation around the land like they showed with 
the family that um, the hounds, you know, that... Um, yeah, the hound killed you, Eric right? The hound, the father and daughter, yeah. I mean, that's all over. And with the White Walkers coming, regardless, people are going to be dead and dying. It sounds like that's already happening in King's Landing. It's horrible, <laughs> according to those Lannister soldiers that are in it. So... It's it's going to happen regardless. The question is, how much can you save at the end of the day? I feel like, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I right. It's it's a hard choice because it's going to be either lift, you know, bring the people, save the people, or, you know, save the wall or fight amongst yourselves. You know, stop, stop the night walkers or just keep infighting. So it's, it's going to have yeah. to come to a head at some point. And I, I kind of see them yeah. doing that with the way they're, like you said before, you, you know, they're consolidating certain things. And I think they're doing that even more for the main battle so that there's not going to be so many factions fighting amongst themselves in the final season. And it'll be like just strategy to either work with the walkers at one point or have to kill them all or something with, you know, the south of the wall and the north of the wall. And I... I, I I see where you're going there, and I kind of like that. And I, I like the way the story's going and the show's going with tightening it up. Um, I know book people. I, I'm assuming you're a book person. Um, you know, have more needs and wants that they're going to want to see. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to do with the amount of episodes we have. Yeah, I I was just wondering if some of the things are going to be things that happen in the book, like with Sansa ending up being in ruling in the North, I kind of feel, and a lot of people feel that's going to happen. So just, they just cut out a lot of the middle of how she's actually going to get there. Um, and then, like Arya and Nymeria, I was wondering, if, is that going to, ha- is that how it will end with them in the book? That they meet and then part ways? Um, so there are lots of things that I think maybe might actually touch the books, just don't know yet. The, they just got to it in a different way. Okay. Well, I kind of had some thoughts on that. I'm going to bring in Shadowcat. Uh, do you want to stick around the the call? Sure. All right. Uh, I've been calling you New York because that's what came up in the chat. But do you have a handle you wanted to go by? Yeah, Wolf and Winter. Wolf and Winter. All right. So I'm going to bring Shadowcat in right now. Hello, Shadowcat. Hello. All right. Uh, we've got you two on the call right now, uh, so we're going to do a little round-robin discussion. I got a, a question, what we were just talking about. So she brought up a point that Sansa is left in the north, John's going to go out. And I kind of had a feeling that something's going to happen to John that he's going to get ousted from the north. Because the way they're... The way that it looks like it's setting it up, I'm thinking in my head, now Sansa's in charge of the North that John told everybody that she was in charge. Arya's on her way up. John's, from what we know, not the rest of the world, is that John's technically not a Stark. So, you know, he, he's part Stark, but he's, he's, you know, Targaryen also. So they might be able to get... You know, if Bran meets with them now, because he's south of the wall, if they get that knowledge to Sansa, that could be a claim to oust John. So, what do you guys think? You think that's probable? You think it can happen? Shadowcat, what do you think? Well, I, 
I think that maybe is the purpose that Littlefinger is going to continue to serve. Because um, there's a little bit like, well, what's Littlefinger going to be doing other than being creepy and leery towards Sansa for the rest of the season? So maybe once Bran gets there and informs them about his vision, then it's really like that's what when Littlefinger is going to be in Sansa's ear. And maybe, you know, once they have that knowledge, that's how she's going to try to take control of the North. That's kind of my thought. Wow. Yeah, I can see that because he's playing like the slow con right now. And now we know exactly where him and John stand. So he knows he's uh-huh. not winning John over. So he's going to wait for that right moment when Sansa doubts John. And he'll. I feel like he'll pounce right on that and say, see, look at John. <laughs> we we got to go against him or whatever. Yeah. You know. I can't do the voice like Heath does. He's really good at it. So my impression's <laughs> bad. Uh, what do you think? Well, what? you have to whisper first. <laughs> Yeah, great impression. What do you think about that, Wolf? Winter Wolf? Uh, I think I think actually both could happen. I think that, you know, Littlefinger will continue whispering in Sansa's ear and try to get her to consolidate and basically take it over in her name. Um, and I don't think, I don't necessarily Don is going to be coming back to Winterfell for long, except for maybe to gather troops to fight. I don't think he's coming back alive to rule the North. He either is going to die fighting in the walkers or he's going to survive and then move on somewhere. I don't know, like uh, Lord of the Rings going off <laughs> to live with the elves. I don't know. I just don't wow. see. So maybe yeah, he's going to be the servant on. to Jamie and Brienne when they become one-handed hermits. I like it. All right. Yeah, I, don't, I agree. I don't see John living through this whole ordeal. I mean, now I, mean, he's I, also... I see him making it through the season, but I, I don't see, I don't, I, I, I don't see him making it all the way through the end of the series. Wow, that's that's crazy because so many people look at him like the hero. I like it. I like the the mix up of the you know. He can still be the hero and die. I think he is one of the heroes. I just feel that. What was the point of him dying? I, I yes, he will change, and I think he did change in the TV show more than people acknowledge. Um, like he definitely had signs of PTSD, which is why he kept on charging after Bran died. Um, it wasn't him being stupid; it was him not wanting to fight in the first place, and he only did it because of Bran. And when Bran was died, he was like, "Well, f it, no, I don't care if I die either. I just want revenge." So. Um, but I also think that one of the reasons he died is because who else is better to be the hero than someone who's choosing death knowing what death is he knows death is and he has to make a a decision do I want to you know like with George if it is you know fighting those battles battles, at the end of the day if you really want to be the hero and, and make that choice between what's good for everyone and what's good for you, you know, what better choice than knowing exactly what you're getting into, that death is nothing, and still decide to give up your life to save everyone anyway. He's basically like Restorosi Jesus. But um, that's just my opinion. No, that kind of seems the way they're playing it. Um, It's just that it's, you're right, like there is subtleties, but 
they're not heavy. Like maybe we see it more in like Derek Bondarian's face because he's been brought back so many times. He's got the one eye out. He looks beaten down. We don't really know his character traits that changed. So we can't really judge exactly how much John's going to change when he came back. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maybe there's more more things that we're not realizing that's changed in John. Like the fact that he's able to give up, you know, being the leader of the Night's Watch and kind of give up so easily being the leader of the North and say, here, Sansa, you're in charge. And that might be the change, that he's not, like, fully there and we're just not seeing it yet. That's cool. I didn't really think about that before. I like that. Let's see here. I got another couple of other questions for you. So, all right, Jorah. You brought, brought up Jorah before and how you thought about that. Let's talk about where he's going to go. You think he's going to get healed? You think Sam's going to heal? Or you think he's going to die? Yeah, he's, I think he's definitely getting healed, and he's going to join those companions up north. All right. And I hope they don't all die, but who knows? It's going to be tough. Axel's big on the Stone Man theory. He thinks, you know, Stone Man are the key, or one of the keys to fighting. So I could see Sam's, you know, thing working. Uh, but then I think about what's going to happen to Sam. Is he going to get ousted for using... You know things that are banned. Um, how's he going to sneak Jorah out? It's uh, if Jorah does heal, how long is this heal going to take? Because he says he only has one day. To you know the guys have said they they give him one day. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Let's see what Shadowcat thinks. How do you feel about that, Shadowcat? Hi. Um. Yeah. I I think Jorah's going to get healed. Um. But, yeah, I, I'm very curious as to, like, you know, what's going to happen to Sam because, you know, he, he's stolen his dad's sword. He's stolen the keys. He's gone into the restricted section. He's doing all this stuff. And I, I, I don't know if uh, the Archmaester that he's dealing with in, at the Citadel is going to... He might be forgiving, but... Ultimately, like, I, I think he's going to get kicked out of the Citadel. Yeah, you know, these are some of the smartest people in Westeros. And, you know, we're kind of watching as Sam's kind of playing them. But I can't see them being that naive or that dumb to what's going on around them. Especially with someone who came in new they did, that they didn't have all the info on, who they never got word about was coming. And now he just kind of, over time earn their trust from emptying the toilet. It it does seem like it's a bad ending for Sam. Maybe not death or anything, yeah. but definitely banishment. But yeah. I feel like to this point, he did exactly what we needed him to learn uh, do from what he learned. And uh-huh. I don't know, other than like my selfish reasons, uh, I just want to know more of what's going on in the Citadel in those books. Um, but... Not that I want to read them. I want to see Sam explain them because I don't like reading. Because uh, that's why I'm at MBR. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I do want to see more, you know, of Sam. So I I hope he kind of gets kicked out just so that maybe he can go meet back up with John or contribute in some other way. 
Now, I, yeah, or at least if he doesn't get kicked out, you know, if they're like, no, you can't do this, blah, 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 and he says, well, screw you, like, bigger things are happening than just me being sitting here at the Citadel emptying chamber pots, so... Right. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Sam's gonna be there much longer. Or maybe or maybe when the Archmaester busts him because he definitely believes Sam when he was saying, you know, the White Walkers are coming. He said, Yeah, there's too many reports of it for you to be lying about it. Um but yeah, like maybe maybe he'll give him some additional knowledge, but you know, I don't see Sam staying at the Citadel for the whole season. No, I don't I don't even see him being a maester. <laughs> well, I'm, or maybe I, or or maybe he'll go back at the end and mm-hmm. finish the maester training because it takes years to become a maester. And we don't got that time. That's right. Maybe he'll just go to Dagobah. Yeah. We got, <laughs> yeah. we got a good buddy, Iron Throne, from the chat. He says, Sam's punishment for stealing from the Citadel. They're going to send him to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so while we're uh, talking about Tarly, let's talk about his father. Um, it, from the yeah. you know, last season, we saw his father, and uh, he's kind of a dick. And, you know, but it's because we love Sam so much. But now that we see this side of him, I totally changed the way I feel about him and I feel like he's super noble um maybe too noble like he has you know too many principles that's why he kind of tossed Sam out and didn't forgive him or didn't nurture him the right way where he could have accepted Sam um I mean still a dick for the way he's treated Sam but the way he's handling the nobility of the lands and the families and the houses I respect so I'm like I'm torn on him uh, which way do you think he's gonna go, uh, Winter Wolf? How do you? What do you think about that? Uh, I I have no idea. It seemed like he left it that he's going to follow Cersei. That's just the impression I had. But I think a lot of it depends maybe on an encounter with Sam and what happens with that, um, which I'm hoping does happen. Give me my sword but, back, uh, you little brat. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, if the Drothraki do come and start fighting, I definitely think he will side with Cersei. Um, unless Sam comes and is able to convince him otherwise, which I don't know what actually happened. But um, the Tyrells, I don't think necessarily will... If they're going to be killing more people off, then... I'm assuming that Tyrells are going to be gone soon. And it did seem from one of the trailers that they will be fighting at the Reach. Um, so. All right. All right. Well, I mean, the Tyrells, as much as I love Olena, she's the only prominent Tyrell left that we know or even saw before. Uh, so it's, it's easy to say, you know, it, it would be easier, easy for them to wipe them out of the show. So, all right, Shadowcat, what do you think about Mr. Tarly, Lord Tarly? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I think that the Tarleys will end up going with Cersei mostly out of practicality. Um, 
you know, the, it's like he very much mentioned, he's like, I, I've seen what she does to people who defy her orders. Um, but, yeah, I, like, I, have, I really have zero speculation about, like, what is going to happen if him and Sam meet up again. Uh, I, I, I have a, I have a notion that maybe if they do meet up again, it's going to be after too many bad things have happened. Like, I, I don't see, uh, oh, what's his name, Dickon? I don't see Dickon lasting through a major battle. And, you know, if, if uh, Samuel and his father meet up again, then maybe, maybe he's, Maybe they'll know better at that point that the White Walkers are coming, and that Sam needs that sword up at the wall. Hmm. But yeah, I, I'm I'm having a hard time guessing on that one. Other than that, the Tarleys will be fighting for the Lannisters. I I don't, I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's tough to see. I I do think that that line Jamie threw out there about the Dothraki touching Westerosi soil for the first time ever is something that could persuade him to stick with them. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to, to really predict this guy. He's so cold and so stern with his voice and he doesn't show emotion. So you can't really tell at this point. That's why it's, you know, it's pure speculation. I like it though. The way you guys are saying was good. All right. It's been good stuff so far. Oh, I guess what... this, um, no, a lot of this depends on, how large of a human, you know, how many Westeros are going to be left to fight the walkers in the end. So there might be a, just a total slaughterhouse and people fighting against each other. And there's just a small core of humanity left to fight them. Or it might be a more happier note where people do get to talking and stop the fighting before it's too late, which I don't think that's what happened. So I think a lot of it depends on what route the TV show takes, which I think might be different from the books. But, um... If they ever write them. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's taking his sweet-ass time. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's, it's... I kind of... <laughs> being an MBR, I wish that he would actually finish it because I want to see if it, like, it's the same thing. Because I, now I just want to know. Because now that we're all kind of caught up, other than little tidbits... I want to see if, like, this is exactly where George is going, like, or if George is commenting on it, like, you know, ah, I wouldn't have wrote this. You know, I'm sure he publicly won't do that, but, you know, it would be, it's kind of, it would be interesting to see where he's taking it, or if this is, they're following, like, the exact guideline that he was, you know, told them about. So, yeah, this is, uh... He, he had... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say, he has commented on the show's handling of the Tyrell. Um, there, there are way more Tyrells in the book. And he thought that was a huge mistake, leaving out those extra Tyrells. And, I mean, that's, that's all, you know, I kind of know at this point, or any of us know. I mean, like, you know, all the Tyrells are still alive in the book right now. So, you know, like I, I feel like there are going to be a lot of, ins and outs, uh, and that are, are going to be totally different in the book, but, um, but like, also, like the ultimate outcomes are probably going to be the same in the show. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I just yeah. feel like there wasn't enough, like, expansion of the Tyrells that would make make it sensible now to introduce more of them. Um, we only, no. I, I oh, think it was only two scenes we've got in Highgarden, in the whole series. And it was, like, short, one-shot, one-frame scenes. Like, so, they didn't really you, you turn around. You haven't seen Highgarden in the show yet. I thought there was a scene where they, where... Uh, Olena was talking to... Uh, that was in King's Landing. To Sansa. That was in King's Landing. Oh, all right. Was and like... they were saying... And, and that's when they were started talking about her marrying Loris. Right. And oh, then taking Sansa They were just outside in the gardens at that time, right? With the other girls. Yeah. And they were... They were that's yeah. when they were talking about Cersei and what. All right. You're right. Anyway, yeah. So we never saw it. So I think there's a reason they didn't yeah. establish that whole land. And it's, it's probably yeah. the same reason... They rush through Dawn so quick. You know, it was just two areas they'll probably wipe out. They'll definitely wipe. I mean, they did a good job of wiping them out this week, which I was I was glad. And I'm like, the only two left are going to be sharing a room with the Septa. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, all right, so they killed. Oh, those girls are dead. They, all right, so, but they killed the people on the ship. Those were fighters. It wasn't the full Dornish army, they were supposed to go down and get them. You Like, did they, you think they had yeah, the army yeah, already? Right. Or you think they were on the way to the... No, the no. I was just joking about the... Those uh, annoying... Uh, <laughs> the yeah, the, they the, got rid of them. <laughs> the, yeah. No, but it... And, you know, I, I often think about that. Like, what about the people that are left there? Like, do they still fight in the name of what the Dornish leaders would have wanted or are they just going to bend the knee like because there's still you know i'm sure there's still plenty of army around in both lands in the <laughs> Terrell lands you know in the uh in the river land uh what are they the uh, high garden and uh down in dorn like there's uh, got there's got to be average commoners and common folk who want to fight the reach right sorry well yeah i mean yeah and that's what you know why cersei had all those you know lords where she was like giving her you know Fascism speech, like foreigners are coming, mindless unsullied, heathens, because those were all the bannermen. I'm assuming for from the reach yeah. that she was tra- yeah, cool. like that's trying right. to turn over. Okay, yeah, because that's where they were kind of talking about. I mean, that's where Charlie's yeah. are, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. and as far and that's something that the show doesn't do very well. It's like, all right, well, now that you know the Martells and the Sand Snakes are gone. Like, well, who's running Dorn? And they haven't introduced anybody else from Dorn um, to make that an, even a possibility. So that's, I, I would assume that the show, the way they're going to consolidate it, that the, uh, once the you know Sand Snakes are all wiped out, that they'll just absorb Dorn's army. Yeah, cause for I, no inexplicable reason other than that they haven't introduced anybody else from Dorn. We've probably only seen like 20 Dornish people max, like maybe 5, 10 people in the background. Yeah. Jamie and Bronn encountered two people on that humongous beach. Like it's, you know, we haven't really seen too <laughs> yeah. many Dornish people. So it, it yeah, there we go. What do we got? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we haven't seen too many Dornish um, to even really know about that. But yeah, uh, you know that's. Uh, I, I guess we just have to yeah, kind of I don't really... suspend our belief and just like go with it. 
that these people yeah, just I don't exactly follow orders. Um, yeah, ahead. I don't think they need Dorn anymore because they got that. Because um, like Dorn is the only place that hasn't been defeated by the Targaryens, and they knew how to kill a dragon. But since that has been solved already in the TV show, I don't think you really need Dorn for that. You're not going to have the Battle of the Dragons. You're not going to have, like, all the plot lines with Dorn are not in the TV show anymore. So unless they did get some of their troops already and they're just going to be background fodder, like background troops to die, right. um, yeah, yeah. beyond just getting rid of the last two that were captured by Euron in some creative way in front of Cersei, letting her play with them, I don't see any other need for Dorne in the, the plot line anymore. I know. It's, it's it's so nice down there, though. That's where I would be. I'd be suntanning and up in Dorne. I love it. I love the weather down there. And that's how it's chilling down there at the corn down <laughs> Power of Joy. I don't He's know. He's running a resort. <laughs> uh, Reed, sun, and fun. Come on down. All right. Yeah. No, it was, it was a excellent episode. I mean, we got a lot of, uh, like, like positioning, uh, we kind of know where people are standing. We got, you know, still got a bunch of clues, um, you know, left to decipher about. Like we were just discussing most of these things. Um, you know, we we missed a lot of people. We, you know, we didn't see Bram, but I'm sure that you know now that we're consolidating and getting rid of a lot of side stories, it's gonna come back where we'll get like a full episode where we actually can see everybody. Because it's been so many people in the past that it's impossible to visit everybody in one show. Plus, it would have been super annoying. Like, it would have have to have been, like, cutscene, 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 you know. So now we have, you know, only a few major, major players and storylines that uh, hopefully we'll start seeing more of, you know, everybody and checking in the same episode. You guys think about that? I'm I'm pretty happy about the consolidation of storylines and like the streams are crossing finally and I, I think overall like these these last two episodes have been so satisfying watching even though like yeah maybe afterwards like I can pick apart things like it's like why would they go pick up the Dornish where the Dornish can march to King's Landing and it's, like they're kind of setting up they kind of set themselves up for trouble in that sense but but no, I'm I'm like I'm just satisfied, and so far these two episodes just like I, I I'm just so happy after I watched them. Where like there were a few seasons that I would be mad after every episode. Like why did they do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's because it's we're so invested that you know it's actually it's so these two episodes were satisfying. You know, uh, could they have been better? Yeah, you know my ratings were a little bit low for nitpicky stuff but as far as progression in story i mean this is just it kind of feels like it just picked up right where it left off and we you know the show treats us all like we're not idiots and we have to have check-ins and and you know reminders of storylines and plot lines like when they were at uh dragonstone and you know they mentioned you were born in a storm like this i didn't feel that was unnecessary dialogue like that was just right. what should have been a discussion that should have been normal talk like they're looking out and it's it like they could have done a little more nostalgic but really none of them were there to feel nostalgic so i understand why they told it just as as it was 
Um, you know, well, even even like Danny said, like this doesn't feel like home. And right. it's like, well, other than the fact that you're born there, like it's it's not. Like she was whisked away when she was days old. So, you know, but it was it was like I, I think they're doing a good job. Even like from the first episode when Jamie and Cersei were kind of reminding everybody, like, what the hell happened at you know the sets and oh, and and our last child died. Like we need to talk about this stuff. And that's that's I, stuff I, we I should be getting. I don't really... think that's that's filler to like remind us. Like that's not right. like a previously on. Like those are conversations we want to see. I know I do anyway. Yeah, like, but there but there is a there they are still doing a little bit of exposition talk in those scenes, and I think they're they're just doing it well enough where you know if you if you're not as invested in the show as all of us who call into podcasts and, <laughs> and watch do all that. Like times. some people do need like little reminders, like, Oh wait, what did happen last season? Yeah. Why are Sir Sam and Jamie actually speaking to each other? Like they, they do need a little of that because I think most of the viewers are of that level. Whether yeah, they're I, not super geeks. <laughs> yeah. Even if Jamie and Cersei, I thought they actually need more of that because, I I still don't understand how Jamie oh, is yeah. going along with everything about a deeper yeah. discussion or understanding yeah. that maybe he wasn't given the full picture and that maybe people people are afraid to tell him exactly what happened. And you're, like, you're right. I want more of these conversations, but like real conversations, not just to say, yeah. well, remember this happened and this happened. Like he should be pissed off right now. They should be arguing like he shouldn't be in jamie oh, yeah. whisper mode like he should raise his voice once you killed my son you know you made him jump out a window he didn't, didn't really kill him but it's because of what she did he jumped out the window yeah and the only thing i could think of is that he doesn't know exactly what happened Cersei's not going to tell him and then maybe no one everyone's kind of afraid of Cersei right now so he doesn't know the full story yet and so i'm hoping he eventually does learn the full story. Um, and I guess he's also dealing with the fact that Cersei has always been his universe, so his world, so yeah, it's kind of hard to give that up, and, and maybe he's also putting blinders on. And yeah, I guess in the show, like, they, they haven't built, well, I don't want to do too much book stuff, but yeah, it's like, you know, they haven't built up, like, all the doubt that Jamie has, like, should be having with Cersei. And you're right. It's like Cersei is his yeah. universe. Like, yeah. where else is he going to go? The only thing we really like, got about that go doubt the was that look that he gave her off the, the like, oh. the balcony last year when he came in and saw, you know, everything. Yeah. That was it. So these, like, that's what I'm saying. They need more of these conversations, like, but with real, yeah. like, full emotions. Yeah. But I guess mm -hmm. there's just not enough time to delve into that but i guess they maybe they could have done it earlier instead of you know but i i understand you know they have to pick and choose what's gonna be more effective what's gonna you know fit in the budget and maybe some things they don't they didn't even write out yet so they don't you know they don't know uh we're just kind of you know being hard on them a little bit but i know i get it um it's it, it's cool uh you know they gotta give us a little bit but i don't think they're doing too much to it all right there's one topic that we really didn't hit on yet. Uh, list two. 
One's kind of small. Uh, we'll talk about it first. Uh, what do you guys think about seeing Hot Pie again? Happy or sad? Glad? <laughs> Hot Pie! <laughs> that was better than the Nymeria reunion, for sure. <laughs> that was way better. You guys, Ari, hello, Ari. It's so cute the way I he says I can't believe I didn't think you were a girl. You're pretty. Girl, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of pretty. And she gives him that look. He's, so, he's funny. And it, the, the little joke they threw in there, he's like, oh, you've been baking too? She's like, I made a couple pies. I love that. That was perfect. <laughs> Ari is definitely like, Probably the the best character in the show after after we got out of the house of black and white. Like she's totally coming into her own. You see the confidence, uh, even in the way she talked last week. But yeah, to see that conversation with Hot Pie was cool because you need you know sometimes you want to know how are these people getting this information? Like how do they know? Obviously, yeah. people in a bar are talking all types of things. Like I don't I watch a show called Turn. It's about Washington spies back in the Revolutionary War. And one of the major players was is of the spy ring was worked in a bar, and you heard all these soldiers talking, and you hear all the tales, and they were able to pass the info along. So a bartender is the perfect medium to be passing info along, and I thought that was that was excellent. Plus, it was like fan service; everybody loved Hot Pie, so that was very very cool way to work that in there. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And definitely Hot Pie will be surviving past season eight. I don't think I'm going sorry. That's what I don't think my do. damn like the last episode. <laughs> That's right, it's what he said. He goes, I know how to, it's what I know how to do is survive. All right, good stuff. Yeah, I, I I know I've I've been seeing a lot of predictions that like the very last scene we'll get <laughs> is Samuel Tarley sitting down and start writing the history of you know, the uh the great winter, and then like, and then my my theory is then and hot pie will be his cook. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Exactly, he'll be serving. And, up, up, and then up, and then up north will be the Brianne Torman wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wishful. Because I will ship that until and and if it doesn't happen in the show, I I will be very upset. You see, that's the no, thing. No, that that can. Like I was talking about it earlier, I'm way more invested in a Tormund Brienne romance and from like two or three looks and glances at each other than I am in the whole Missande Grey Worm thing. And Missande is awesome, but just like the monotoneness of Grey Worm and he's almost like, he, he, he sounds so dopey when he talks. It just, I can't, I don't feel it. So like it, I understand what they built. I don't, that whole scene was unnecessary to me. I don't think they needed to yeah. include that scene, well, like because you know she could have just said, you know, you're leaving, and they could have hugged, and I, f I would have felt the same exact emotion than that whole drawn out scene. So like, it's it's kind of sad that a glance from Brienne and Tormund makes me feel that's more of a relationship than Missandei and Grey Worm, and they've been you know hugging and rubbing and you know like just getting cuddly and stuff with each other for like the last two seasons. I like both. They're different. Like, Tormund and Brianna is more comic, and Grey yeah. Worm and Missande, I feel it's like one of the actual real relationships, few real relationships on the actual TV show. 
even though this is the first time they did anything. <laughs> well, in I terms mean, of emotional attachment. Yeah, definitely with physical. They know, and, and I, I, another thing, I didn't buy Masande not understanding him when he said, "You're my weakness." Like she should have known that by now. They, if you, they seemed closer in previous episodes. They just, I don't know. It felt a little off. I, 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 again, I know we talked about this already, but I, I think they handled it really poorly in the past couple of seasons where like this one scene I actually thought was very well written. And mm-hmm. like they're, they're, it was, it was probably like the first time we've seen like, you know, two people actually like in love and, and, and it's not for everybody, you know, but it, it was, you know, most of the time, like, you know, when you see passion or whatever, it comes out of, like, some sort of tragedy or, like, in the in the midst of some... Well, I guess he's going to cast really rock and he can never come back, so... But there, there was just something, like, really just sweet and pure about their relationship. But I agree with you. It, it like, it was worthless in the two previous seasons, but then I thought this one, because it could possibly be the last time they see each other that, you know, it was, it was actually like, it was, it was earned finally. All right. How about winter wolf? You feel the same way? Similar? Uh, uh, yeah, I do feel in the beginning, I think, I, 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 initially when the relationship started, I, I kind of felt what's the point. <laughs> You're like, uh, they're not important. Get on, get out of Marine. But, um, I do feel that yesterday I really did enjoy the interaction because it did feel like a real relationship <laughs> uh, or this real caring, which you don't really get at all that much in Game of Thrones besides like Jamie and Cersei. Well, Jamie to Cersei. Or Brienne to Jamie, and then what's the other? I mean, back well, from then you have to go back to Loras. Well, like Tyrion and shit. Yeah, Tyrion and Shay had like a very, you know, good relationship or in the show anyway. But yeah, but it was still kind of yeah. messed up. This is you know, I agree with what yeah. you're saying that this is like a pure, uh, pure relationship. Um, but it's what I. You know, this is great having you two on because it's so nice to have different perspectives because where I didn't feel it, both of you felt it. And this is great that we could, you know, go back because it's kind of sucks when you do a podcast and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, all right, there's nothing to talk about. All right, cool. I like that. I uh, uh, appreciate you guys thoughts on that. Um, Iron Trone says Ollie's parents had a great relationship. All right. Good fit. Yeah, they did. Good people. All right. So last topic we're going to bring up is I think like the most ridiculous storyline that this guy could keep going is the fact that Theon jumped off the ship <laughs> and like no one even looked over the side of the boat like all right shoot him with an arrow like they just pulled away like all right leave him in the water he's a coward he's he's what like what 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 is that I don't I'm so my mind is blown when I saw that I'm like this this is a great battle Euron's looking good. Like the whole uh, sexy scene with Yara before that was awesome, and the the degrading of Theon with him being in the room, her kind of laughing at him, and then he just like 
really like shits the bed and like leaps like a, a little weirdo and doesn't do anything noble, no redemption qualities, no nothing. So like even if he redeems himself by helping out in any possible way, I won't buy it. Like I want to, I wanted a shark to come up and just tear him apart. It's just I in my mind it was the stupidest thing to do with Theon. Um, maybe you guys know a little book stuff ahead that might change your thought, or maybe you thought differently. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna ask you now. Did you guys like it or hate it? We'll go with uh, Winter Wolf first. I hated it. I I was like, why do you have? Can't you give Theon any good move- moments besides that one moment with like Sansa, and then when he and his sister hooked up again? Like it lasted like five seconds, and then he went back to, and then just the way it happened, like like whimpering look and then he jumps over i understand if you want to survive and like okay then shoot and that or like kill your sister mercy killing or try to grab her and then jump in the water together or something like leaving her there jumping like yeah no and then like i was disappointed yeah it was i feel the same way it was just bizarre and i i just can't figure out going ahead how they write him in like where does where does he wash up and how what kind of role does he play like i was talking to someone in another in uh one of the facebook chats uh chat, groups that i belong to for game of thrones i someone wrote you know uh maybe we'll see gendry rolling up next to him i said if he does i hope he whacks him in the head with the or by accident and kills him and doesn't and we just see him fl- dead body floating away because it's just like so ridiculous all right shadow cat what do you think about about theon I um I I I thought it was I thought it was weak writing for them to just I, I, I think they kinda of back themselves into a hole and they're like, What the hell are we gonna do with Theon? So Theon and Yara don't get captured yet neither of them get killed. And again, it it, it was kind of reminding me of how poorly they handled Sansa for a couple of seasons. Rosanza was a perpetual victim, and now they're doing it with Theon. And and I get like I don't know if you guys watched the behind the episode up in. No, I, I try to wait till after we record the episodes, so I, I watch it like. Yeah, well, they they talked about it, and they were basically like, "Yeah, he has PTS or PTSD." Like, uh, like you're not going to just get over it, and and it made sense. Like, you know, there was something like that violence triggered like all the horrors that he went through it's just it didn't come off we just don't have time for it yeah we just don't have time for it right you know and like yeah so i wish that there was something yeah so i just have a a bad feeling like that it's gonna lead into you know like they're, they're just like gonna waste time on his redemption arc Okay, so we passed this in the books. Like, is this not in the book? This whole part, or is this here in the book? It's so it's so different. Like, Theon's yeah. still in the north in the book. Okay, so all right, so we really don't know this where this headed. So yeah, no, not knowing where he's yeah. headed, where does he go from here? We know he's pretty much somewhere north of King's Landing. Is going to be my estimation because if the boats 
knew that Yara was up by Dragonstone, they would have been heading, because they were just in King's Landing, uh, Euron's boats, headed up towards towards uh, Dragonstone. So we're figuring they're somewhere in between King's Landing and Dragonstone. You guys agree? Yes. All right, so where would Theon wash up? Like, what? where does he go from here? What do you guys think happens? I don't know. Maybe I... The only thing I, I, they're on, he could either die, be captured, end up being the last um, one standing in terms of the great joys, and then eventually end up ruling, or uh, be one of the 12 companions, which I doubt, because <laughs> he doesn't seem like he has the medal, but I really don't, they, they, they gave no indication, so it's just a big question. All right, Shadowcat, what do you think? In the think? book, I, 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 I unfortunately, I only know a handful of spoilers for this season, and I do know the spoiler for this. So I'm All not right, so we leave that out. Yeah, we, we like to stay spoiler-free for the people who don't know. Yep. Um, and like I, this, I'm, I'm very upset about the spoilers I do know. Yeah, it sucks. That's so. why I haven't, you know, I don't. I try not to. I just watched the trail, the trailers once. I didn't do, like, the frame-by-frame frame breakdown because... I want to enjoy the show as much, you know, we talk about it almost at nauseum all week long with between our friends and the podcasts and chat boards and all different, listening to 12 podcasts from awesome people out there, like history of Westeros. And, uh, you know, if you guys don't know it out there, they record a YouTube, uh, live feed right before us. They go on at 7 PM Eastern and we're going to probably move our time up. Uh, we started at nine. We're probably going to bump it up to nine thirty or ten for next week, but yeah. So you know, we're going to try to follow right out of them. But there's so many things like we in the community talking about all the time that it's it's you know almost to ridiculousness. You know, we we kind of know um, where that's headed. But all right, yeah. So I mean, this has been a great call. I'm going to ask you guys one more thing you want to bring up, and then we're going to wrap it up. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with Shadowcat since you called in first, and uh, you got anything else on the episode? Um, I don't have anything else on this episode. I do want to say, um, and I know uh, Matt and Axel Foley cover this really well from the first episode. Like, I still like that scene, like the scenes with the Hound in the first episode. I think we're we're some of the best scenes from, like, the entire series of Game of Thrones. And I'm very excited about, like, what the Hound is going to do, like, what he's going to do um, for the rest of the season, for the rest of the series. It was just, the writing was on par, and the acting from all of them was just spectacular. Yeah, and I have to agree, the Hound stuff was phenomenal. Um, you know, I wish, I kind of wish we got a little check-in this week, but, it, you know, they're on a journey somewhere. We'll figure it out, but I definitely want more of that because yeah. his character is so interesting that you go from yeah. despising him to empathizing with him to hating him to loving him to wanting to join up with him, wanting to give him a hug, wanting to slap him in the face. Like, he's all over the place, but it's so smooth and calm. It's not like 
yeah. mayhem, the way they're writing it and the way he's acting it. I think it's his acting and his delivery that's really... Uh, his acting is... Yeah, it's added to it. Superb. So, yeah, very well. Yeah. All right, very cool. And, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. You got another thing? Uh, the only other thing, I, I, I probably am like one of the few people I hated the Sam poop suit montage. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. And not just because it was gross. It was like, I'm a film editor, so... I, I, I know when things are being done for, like, very purposely. and Right. They, they, they were trying to show it, us that a it, lot it was, of time passed. Well, it, yeah, but, and, and it was just, it felt so out of the show. Like, you it know, was almost like funny. I've never seen anything. Well, it was funny. Like, as just on its own, as a scene, it, like, the scene was, Fine. Yeah, like was, a Benny Hill skit. Like it, it's it's it was funny, <laughs> yeah. but it didn't fit with the darkness <laughs> and seriousness of Game of Thrones. Like when they give us jokes, they're usually like sarcastic or dirty yeah. jokes, and you know, like that kind of humor. This Sam thing was like, like yeah. Even if, if, if they would have played like Benny Hill music behind it, would have. It's kind of it was kind of yeah. silly. I agree. I, I have a problem. Like I I'm. I, I usually send silly videos to my friends all the time where I put yakety sacks on it or the music from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. Thank you for calling in. Uh, all right, Winter Wolf, how about you? What do you got? Anything last for us? Um, it's just the conversation between Cyrus and uh, Danny. I liked because they explained something I was wondering the entire run of the series. Why? Back, like, I'm sorry, you cut out there. What was his reason? What was his reason? Barris's reason for backing of a series, and then Danny, and I like that short conversation that explained his mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I wanted that as well the whole time. Yeah, so I, I really like that. And then, but all right, let me uh, ask you something quick on yeah. that. Do you think it's bullshit? Do you think he's telling what he wants to hear to survive, or you like now he really feels it? Do you think this is the one? I think both, I guess. I, I read the book, so I have thoughts compared to that. But from okay. what we see from the soap, I don't see... I, I was never able to fathom his rationale for anything. Yeah, it, so it's very me, hard. that makes as much sense as anything. So Absolutely. And, and he, I, I, you know, yeah. it kind of could seem like he pulled that answer out of his ass. Or, like, that's legit. Like, he really gives a shit about the people. Um, it's it's hard to even predict, thinking about the way he operated previously it, for different kings, for different people, because um, he never really showed anything except for himself. But it, it it's nice if that's yeah. the real motivation. Like, he wants to see a successful, tightly ruled nation. Uh, and, and no, that's cool. Yeah. All right, what else you got? Or at least someone that will listen to it, maybe. <laughs> because <laughs> I think her point was valid. Like, why did you go for Viserys then? Because he was crazy. Absolutely. Didn't your little bird tell you that? Um, so I do agree with you that it seems a little forced, but that was the best explanation that we've gotten so far. So I was happy to just touch upon it and realize that was a big hole uh, in the storyline. Um, and then... Uh, I, I've liked the first two episodes so far. I just hope it continues going well. A question I have had, though, is 
seem they since they do seem to be tying up loose ends, are they going to bring the iron back bank back into this? Because Cersei did decide to just stop paying them. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I wanted to... love the way you think because I always have the Bank of Bravos for some reason in the back of my mind, especially because of uh, Mykov. I just I don't know for some reason I always think of that scene, and uh, yeah, like someone's got to pay, and the the way they. You know, we always get our money and this and that. Like, who's going to pay for that? Are they going to, you know, they put all their money to back Stannis. Obviously, that failed. They got to have more money to back someone else if they don't get paid. Because otherwise, what's the point if they can't collect? So, but, eh, you know, yeah. it's, it's tough to call if they're going to have that. All right. Well, that was it. Um, everybody out there, if you guys want to call back, Check the Twitter feed, check our Facebook page, check the podcast page, uh, podcastwinterfell.com, uh, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. Send us in feedback. Maybe if we get enough, we'll do another special edition feedback episode. I want to thank everybody in the chat. We had Iron Trone. We had Climb a Wall. Obviously, we had Shadowcat and New York. Also, Winter Wolf in here. Uh, we had a couple guests. It has been great. Uh, hopefully we get more callers next week. But we do appreciate everybody who downloads, who listens, and who participates one way or another. If you're even sending a comment on Twitter because, you know, that's what we do. We're all community. We appreciate it. Uh, all right, Winter Wolf, do you have any social media presence or anything you'd like to plug? Um, no, not really. All right, so hopefully we'll have you back on and you call in any time or – you know, link up with us anytime you like. Definitely uh, like talking to you. Thank you for your thoughts. You're an excellent caller. Hey, good night. All right, good night. All right, Shadow Cat, how about you? Any uh, internet presence you'd like to promote or share? Uh, if you want to see pictures of my Shadow Cats, I'm at Shadow Cats underscore Bex on Twitter. Sweet. All right, thank you so much for calling and sharing your thoughts. Appreciate you. having you on. Hopefully we'll talk next week. Definitely. Oh, she said definitely as I cut it off there. But, uh, yeah, thank you again for calling. Uh, but, yeah, we had good people in the chat, good people on the call, and even better people listening out there. We appreciate the downloads. Thank you, guys. And here's Axel Foley to take you out. Thank you for listening to Podcast Winterfell. You can find the podcast at dvrpodcast.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash dvr. You can email the podcast, podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at WinterfellPod and on Facebook, Podcast Winterfell. Call recording has been completed. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. That was excellent.